On this episode of DC On Screen, we are going to be talking all about Titans. Titans. Season 1. Right after this. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. For this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. We're just sitting here, laid back on a lazy Sunday afternoon. Yeah. But we sure are excited about what we've seen. Yep. That being Titans, Season mm-hmm. 1 on DC Universe. If you haven't shelled out your Christmas 8 present, bucks DC, for that. Thank you. Uh, what's that? It's a heck of a Christmas present there, DC. Oh, it was good. Mm-hmm. It was good, y'all. I mean, I don't want to get all hyperbolic on you, but it might be my favorite property that they've ever done. I think I think it might be the best show they've ever produced, for sure. So far. Yeah, maybe. I Not DC just, Universe. Just it could the, just be in the honeymoon DC phase. Show. I mean, I, it could be, but um, I might be in the the warm afterglow. But man, I enjoyed the hell out of that season. I think this is definitely the strongest first season we've ever seen. That's probably true. Probably the strongest like foot forward. Yeah, I tell you this. Uh, after uh, seeing Coriander fight, I think she was uh, probably trained by her older sister choreography. <laughs> How long have you been waiting to do that? Oh, it's been a couple of months. Weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we could just pack up this review now and you'd be like, well, I'm satisfied. I got what I needed done. Yep. <clears throat> we are DC on screen. I'm done here. <laughs> we got our high-level thoughts out there and I got to tell my bad joke and now we're good. Oh, hey, sure, man. we'll enjoy our 62-degree day right before Christmas. <laughs> Welcome to Bama. Welcome to Bama. <laughs> Uh, well, you want to talk about this so, episode specifically? Uh, you know, I would love to talk about the whole season. Go for it. I really, I've I really, I will start off with Dick, which, you know, anyone who listens to this show on a regular basis knows I ain't got no problem talking about Dick. Um, <laughs> Solid on the Dick top. <laughs> you're going to be so mad if he, I, and when he's Nightwing. You're going to want to call him Nightwing now and you won't, you won't think Dick all the time and make yourself laugh. <laughs> You'll look back about a year and a half from now and be like, oh, I miss that. I miss giggling. No, no, I will. I'll still call him a dick. Yeah. Unless they shoot him in the head, call him Rick. Stupid comics. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I love uh, I love Dick's arc here. I really enjoy where he starts out. He's not uh, with Batman. He's he's in another city. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm surprised that I find the pilot to be the weakest episode of this entire season. I don't but know. This I haven't thought was about so a, good. I haven't thought about like what would be the week episode. I, I'd, I'd have to go through to kind of find it. But for me right now, it'd be like finding like my like a week Futurama episode. There's only least favorites. There's not bad ones. Right. Me. I mean, I didn't say it was bad. <laughs> I just said it was the weakest one of the season. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Something, my goodness, man. Something they did with Dick that I appreciated. Uh huh. Um, like the the. The fight scenes, as you uh, alluded to earlier, were fantastic throughout the whole series. Oh, so good. They were stellar. Yeah. 
absolutely knocked it out of the park. Like like Arrow's best moments when they go all one shot. That's mm-hmm. all they did the entire season was like the highest and best moment of the some of the CW shows. Um, yeah, and they could afford to do that because they only have like what eleven episodes. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. Uh, not sure it wasn't the twelve or thirteen we were promised, but we'll we'll have to wait till that plays itself. I'm sure the producers will start talking about it, and we'll probably hear something coming up. But because mm-hmm. um, they did change a little bit of where you think you we we were kind of told they were going, and I'm sure we'll get some explanations for that. It, but the big thing is there's more coming. Like it's already guaranteed they're already working on season two. That was known a couple months ago. So I'm not worried about anything that I saw this season as far as like not getting wrapped up. But something the violence yeah. did was it, it was it was unapologetic, but it wasn't mm-hmm. and you know, kind of gruesome at times, but it, there was a payoff. That that was part of the story. They that right. wasn't just there so they could say fuck Batman in the first episode and you know, turn some heads. It wasn't it wasn't trivial. All the violence and the even the increase in the violence was part of the story. Mm-hmm. So I, I really appreciated that having a payoff and not just being you know, there for there for the sake of you know, going violent with it. Yeah, I, you know, absolutely. I I, I felt like uh, there was a real story there. I felt like there was a real arc for Dick. Uh, I I love that he was getting worse and worse, more violent, more like Batman. Um, and clearly dealing with some issues with that, like he didn't want to. I mean, I loved in the, yeah. in the last episode uh, when he's in his little on his little inner journey there. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Coriander kind of tells him they have that conversation about whether Bruce ever had a conscience. Is that no? I he had a sense of order and justice, but I had the conscience. So he slept, and I stared holes in the ceiling. It's like that's perfect. That, that nails was great. it. Great. <clears throat> I love that conversation. <laughs> Not to mention his conversation with the clock. That was fantastic. Yeah, that was fantastic. Did you did you when you saw the preview for that episode? Uh huh. You knew. Right away, it was all in Dick's head, right? That oh. it was a trick by Trigon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that was I was waiting on that. That wasn't a big reveal for me at all. Based on my Twitter timeline and my and TV time, a lot of people are not getting that. I have I have like. seen some of that that people think that uh, they just made Batman a killer and like a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of people said like oh they just made Batman this super violent this I just it's not my Batman it's, no it's not anybody's Batman it's <laughs> Trigon was toying with him like a rat in a maze. Specifically, Dick's nightmare Worst scenario. <laughs> possible scenario he could come up. And he even had to come up with, like, Trigon. Uh, uh, I saw a few people say this, too. It's like, oh, Trigon's such a master manipulator. No, he's not. It took him, like, five tries to get what he wanted out of, out of Dick. Dick uh-huh. kept making a better decision over and over again. And then you see the little glimmer and he changes reality. And, and like, I think that's going to be relevant, though. I don't know how much Raven saw based on what we saw. Because uh, it looks like she kind of comes back and she's staring at Dick, but I don't know if she was kind of watching, getting to watch that journey. I, I take it uh-huh. she was. Like, it seemed to me like Trigon kind of gave her a front row seat. Maybe. Mentally. I don't know. But I, I really don't know. I don't know where that went. But I do think it is going to end up being relevant that, like, this is supposed to be, you know, him breaking Raven's heart by showing, you know, the, the guy she respected turning dark on him. Mm-hmm. And... I think the fact that he just had to keep changing it in order to make finally make him make such a bad decision is going to be relevant. Like, Raven's yeah. going to be like, no, he was a good guy. You kept fucking with him. <laughs> <laughs> he kept deciding to go home to his family over and over again. Yeah. Man, what a what a dark vision of the future, though, for real. Oh, like, yeah. Or a dark dream of the of what could be, you know? Oh, yeah. I do agree with him. I mean, I... I, I do hope these people that we're talking about, a couple of them, uh, come to understand that that was just a vision. But mm-hmm. I do feel them. I'm like, I don't really want to see a Batman that kills 30, you know, working working men for 
breaking into his place. Yeah, it's not. God, it felt, it felt like over the edge, dude. It did. It That's really what did. It felt like. Well, somebody said it was also like perchance to dream. Series. Yes, it, like, it felt a little bit like that too. Like they had a dark rated R baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's rough. This, yeah. and I know. I know this was like intentionally a vague depiction of Batman because, uh, like, I'm sure W. Warner Brothers kind of told him, "Yeah, you can use him, but you know, don't cast anybody. We don't want a face attached to it. All that kind of stuff." Yeah. Um, but it still, it was a really scary Batman. You know, and that just made me think of the statements James Wan made about how His he horror. would have wanted to do Batman. Yeah. yeah. It, I don't need to ever see Batman's face ever again. I could see this. Like, this. This was a pretty good horror Batman. I mean, I don't need him to kill, but, you know. I, I do agree with Wan, like, though. I mean, that would be a good horror. Popping out of shadows. and Yeah, use, use this method where he's just a specter the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not the specter. A. A. <laughs> I know. I heard you. I wanted to clarify for people who were, you know, uh, at the ready waiting waiting. Uh, waiting to give a bad rating on iTunes because we don't know what we're talking about. They don't know who the Spectre is. Yes, I do. <laughs> he's, he's God's vengeance, oh. basically. Um, now, there's something else, though. Uh, I did see a lot of people were unhappy with the with this mm-hmm. as a finale. And I do get it. it it's not very satisfying. It doesn't feel like pay, much paid off. It feels yeah. like all they really did was set you up for next season. And I would be a little more frustrated by that if, again... Seriously, it was two months ago they renewed this show and started started working on season two. Yeah, and you know what? That was a I, guaranteed in the back, so that didn't upset me as much because of it. At a certain point, like if you, if you watch enough television, at a certain point you got into this season and you said, oh, I haven't even seen Trigon yet. They're not going to have time to wrap all that up. Yeah, we're not going to get a big bad that gets beaten up at the end of the, you know, in the, in the finale, right? Yeah, and I, I didn't expect it, and... Um, so not only did I see the preview and go, oh, hey, the cat who's playing Trigon who just walked through that portal, he's also that cop talking to Dick in, in the thing. Right. So that's probably all in Dick's mind. Right. Cool. But I also went, oh, they're not going to wrap this up. No. Like, I knew that, though, you know, probably less than halfway through the season, I went, oh, no, they're taking these their time with these characters. Just they're, from the pacing, you know, like, nah, we're not They gonna. are, yeah, they are building these characters out. And, like, I love this, by the way. Like... We're not dealing with, like, you know, uh, a steady big bad every episode. Yeah, we got the nuclear family running around. They were creepy as hell. But they used the the nuclear family in order to, like, introduce Hawk and Dove and to show these new uh, strangers to each other kind of get through their first, you know, their first boss level. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. It cemented parts of their team. You know, to to deal with him. So that there was like at least a creature of the week for a couple of weeks, but it it was there for a reason. Uh-huh. And then that kind of went away. We didn't really have that much of a big bad. There was an idea of a big bad that it was yeah, out there. I loved I loved when uh, when Corey finds their finds their bodies with their heads exploded, and she's like, "Oh, Dick's <laughs> gonna blame me for this." Yeah. Then later she calls like the nuclear flame is dead. Corey wasn't me. <laughs> I loved all of that. I love that creep eating the fertilized egg. Oh, yeah, what that was a, good. Again, good character development. Yeah. Like that gave me a real clear picture of who this guy is. Yeah, absolutely. Just a freak. And the same guy later, uh, the commitment to cut his own throat. Yeah, it was that didn't work out for him. It did not. <laughs> not not ultimately, but it did prove <laughs> his point for a second there. It did. Uh, so Rachel, how, how did you feel about her over the course of the season? 
Um, she's one of the ones where I felt like we we have some some stuff in episode twelve and thirteen that was maybe put to put into next season. Where I, I was, I thought we were promised a a more true to life costume for her. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I mean, we never really got that. So I know there's some stuff yeah, with her did. that they didn't they didn't wrap up completely. I think they just decided that to use their time in other ways. But overall, fantastic. They used her as um the through line for the series, and it works. Mm-hmm. Like in the end, well, I mean, say we didn't have a big bad, but it turns out. Corey is, and then it turns out she is, and then it turns out Trigon is. And the episode, yeah. um, like the penultimate episode, when her mom's basically just using her and manipulating the whole situation, you, you, the thing I liked about it, maybe the most, was they didn't, they never stopped to tell you about, yeah, she poisoned his meal. Like, they never gave you a shot of rat poison or something over in the corner. They just let you figure it out. They kind of trusted their viewer to be smart enough to figure that shit out. I like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to put together that she's manipulating everybody. And, uh, they, I mean, they do reveal it in the last ten minutes, but... You get to kind of experience that. It was great. It was good. I liked it. I like as kind of a almost like a a mystery episode, yeah, a detective thriller episode for it. But either way, I mean, I kept... for for Raven as 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 a whole, that thought they they used what she was capable of sparingly, which is good because it means we got mm-hmm. a lot to explore. Mm-hmm. And they used kind of her orphan story and everything that's attached to it uh, to like to the full extent. Like when she buys into her mom later, you 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 bought you bought it with her. And I'm, I'm so, I was so pleased with what they did in as far as like, I, like, as you watch her journey, you see her like get into these situations where is she's about to trust the wrong person and you're like, Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. And then she, you know, something happens and she's like, Nope. Soul self just told me no. Soul self said no. Yeah. She'll bail. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I just I, I I really like her as far as where she's going. I like Gar. And he's he's a lot of fun. For those two, I'm enjoying their relationship. But one of my favorite lines for mm-hmm. for Raven period was um and it was a great moment when uh Gar kinda tries to make her feel better at the table, like he reaches out to, to touch her hand and she does, her soul self leaps out and he, he did a great job with that. Just petrified. Like, yeah. like for a guy who can turn into a tiger, he's just look. He has this oh shit look on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, he they they did a wonderful job with that moment. Like how scared he is and should be, and then he's still kind of brave enough to hang in there. I like that. Um, but later her mom asks her like, so uh, so what do you do? And she just says he tried to make me feel better. Like she blames herself for that. Like I, I loved kind of like the like it felt like she learned a little bit right then. I appreciated yeah. that. Like she learned a little bit about herself right as she was saying it out loud. It was a good moment. One of my favorite lines of that episode. Yeah, that was awesome. So I really we didn't get a whole lot of guard this season, but I really loved his continuing line of um being the tiger that never bites anyone, but oh when he does. Right. Oh. Yeah, he he bit that dude. <laughs> hey He did a little more than that. I know. Uh is it did I am I the only oh one who gosh. thought this though? Because mm-hmm. th- th- this is kind of a crazy thought, okay, but not that crazy. Because his biology changes completely from human to tiger when he's in that form. Like he he does okay. whole hog transformations. Well, whole hog, forget the pun. But <laughs> as soon as he bit into that guy, and thus, and he came back, and I saw the blood pouring out of his mouth, I thought, "Ooh, change back! No, no, no! You uh, you need to digest that guy before you change back into a human." <laughs> That's not going to work out for I'm you. Not, That's, I'm not sure you're going to actually eat. The guy's entrails. I think he just ripped him out. Got a lot of blood in his mouth. I just kind of thought, like, why don't you just stay in there for a few hours, let your body work on that, and then go back to you. Yeah. That was rough, man. It was. He did a good job with it, though. He did a really good job with it. (laughs) Did you see 
Uh, it was probably a few weeks ago, him talking about having to film scenes like in in areas where it was almost snowing, but they like he had to be naked in order to get a couple of scenes shot. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. <laughs> he was just complaining about like, oh, dude, it was so cold. <laughs> so does it bother you that he's not green all the time? Jason? Not even a little bit. Okay. Again, think of all the action and the violence we got. Think of all the effects that we got. And think uh, with him and Coriander, would you have rather traded any of that for them to have the skin color you're used to in a book that costs nothing to color? No. Exactly. Answer is no. And to be fair, they turn green at the appropriate times. Like They do. He turns green when he's about to change. Yeah. She turns orange when she's, you know, frying a dude. Yeah. I, it it wasn't worth it for me. It, in a perfect world where they had enough money, sure, let's do it. But in, in a real world where they have to make choices, I get it and I'm okay. Yeah. Plus, you know, I guess now this is as good a time as any to go over to Starfire. I kind of dig her whole, like, mystery backstory. Like, I like that they're kind of bringing something different and new to it. They That was one of my favorite parts of the first two episodes. And and it's kind of partially why I'm not at all willing to call the first episode weak. Um, and I know you just said weakest. You don't mean that as a slight, but... Um, I don't mean it as a slight. I've enjoyed the entire series for the most part. Like, there are a couple of CGI shots that I just kind of went, ugh. But... <laughs> Every now and then, yeah. But for the like. For the first episode, she carried a lot of that for me. Like the mystery of what who she was, what her going back and you know burning the crap out of those Russians. Like the her little flashbacks and her literally having to kind of uh, and it really did. It reminds me of like like college level blackout drunk, wake up the next morning and have to like detective style figure out what happened the night before. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Obviously, on a larger <laughs> scale. Um, you sound like you uh, speak from experience. I went to college. I got the most of it. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah, like that carried that episode for me pretty hard. I was I was pretty happy with that. And then yeah. they did put it down a lot. Like she just kind of became one of the team, and we we trusted her. And then there was a explosive, you know, kind of they took another look at it later in a in a much more violent way. Mm-hmm. That I, I don't know. Again, I thought it paid off really well. I really liked where the where that ended up. What that ended up being the the like where the problem was. Yeah, I mean. No, she's not the Starfire that you know from the comics. She doesn't have that innocence that she did in the in the books. She didn't, you know, right now she doesn't have that uh, that sweetness about her that uh, she's known for. But I mean, in this show, this is a new take. The only two that kind of still have their innocence are really you know, like the the youngest two on this team, the kids. Like, yeah, kind of. I mean, in story, they made this make sense. The adults are adults, and the kids are still a little bit naive. Yeah, they've kind of preserved a little bit of their childhood. Everything will be okay. Feeling like Garfield's, but in a way, very optimistic. <clears throat> I do feel like I love how Rachel I, Rachel's one of the optimistic ones still somehow. Yeah, <clears throat> like at um, his heart, Dick is a darker person than freaking Raven <laughs> in the show. Mm-hmm. I do, I do really like if you really look at it, Starfire. You know, and the, the detractors are going to say that I'm stretching here, and maybe I am. But in in a way, making her uh, have amnesia, I feel like they retain some of Corey's innocence. You know what I mean? And she is a sweet person. She does genuinely care about Rachel. She yeah, genuinely she cares really about does her, love these kids. The people on this team. But yeah, I think like whatever she is, whatever they she is in this show. Uh, I mean, when she came to this planet in this show, she came as an assassin. Yeah, it was basically there was no. Yeah hope and optimism and naivety and love in there. I mean, she was here for the right reasons. I mean, she was, it's, it's the anti-hero thing. Like she was here to save the world, but 
it was by killing a kid. I mean, she had made her choices. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I think the uh, I think that's an interesting backstory. I think that's uh, an interesting way of keeping the innocence about her is like her not knowing exactly what she is, why she is, or you know why she's got to find this girl. And then when she does figure it out, she snaps back into it. Donna Troy kicks her ass. She wakes up and she feels mm-hmm. bad because that wasn't. Oh my gosh! Dude. Yeah. Wasn't that Donna great? Troy. That lasso shit? Donna Ooh. Troy. Oh, man. Yeah. Excited to get more of that next season. <laughs> yeah. But even then, like, you remember, even as she's in, you know, in the finale, like, the last couple shots, she's still got red marks on her on her throat from uh, Starfire grabbing her. But mm-hmm. Rachel even says later, like, I know she was trying to kill me, but I could still feel her in there not wanting to do it. Like, there's still Starfire in there. Yeah. Like, the one you're used to, the one that's, uh, you know, kind of loving and. Probably wants to crack a smile every once in a while. <laughs> this one does. This one, this, this Starfire cracks a smile. Yeah, occasionally. So, um, dude, I loved uh, Hawk and Dove. They were great. If, I loved them. Uh, if they got their own spinoff, I wouldn't fight it. I probably wouldn't fight it, but I. it's a little <laughs> like Creed on The Office, though. Like, I kind of don't want them all the time. Ah, yeah. I think. Maybe. Like, I feel like having them all the time. But when they're really... there, it really hits the spot. Yeah, I think so. Hey, you know, um, right, this is a weird thing. You know what? Something that caught my eye in the last episode. What's that? I did like that. Even even in uh, this this supposedly uh, wonderful home life that Dick has, that he's supposed to be deciding not to go back to. Um, yeah, there's still like a past that Hawk and Dove had, and there's still like a past that he and Corey had that is all kind of incorporated in that. Mm-hmm. And they do. They have a very loving, supportive kind of uh, uh, marriage. But then, and I think it's because Trigon interferes that suddenly, uh, like, he's kind of pissed that it's Hank that's there helping paint. And, you know, of course, Mm -hmm. it's Corey that's calling and all that stuff. Like, there's a little bit of, like, that's the first time we see any hostility for those two. Yeah. Um, But you know what cracked me up, though? I kind of thought to myself, um, because as they're painting, I'm watching them do it and blah, blah, blah. And, like, she was painting the place orange. And there's like this window in the back that that's still has that light blue paint on it, that kind of light blue gray they uh-huh. had going on. Um, and Hank comes in and is like, "I'm about to paint the window." Blah blah blah. And my first thought was like, "Why are you gonna paint the damn window? You haven't t- no, you paint the wall first, then you do the trim." Just because I know the order of operations here. And I kind of mm-hmm. I had I thought to myself, "These these writers have never painted clearly, mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least the set designer wasn't on board with whatever they were doing." But then I went back there, and in the background you see Hank actually putting up painter's tape. And I was kind of, I got distracted. I watched this twice, so I had time to get distracted by things in the background. And oh, <laughs> I'm sitting there watching him in the background be like, Hank's painted before. That guy knows how to how to frog tape. He's like, mm-hmm. he's doing this right. I was actually proud of him. I was like, well, that guy doesn't know how. They should have consulted him on where, <laughs> what he should be doing in the scene. You watch things twice and you can get distracted by the little things. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, you know, I, see, I'm, I'm a little colorblind. So I wasn't sure what color they were painting it, but I I thought it looked like it was they were painting it in orange. Well, she which said I orange was kind earlier. Of ironic. Yeah, I, I didn't listen. Yeah, I've got a real bad habit of not listening. <laughs> like she said orange. <laughs> well, again, I watched it twice, but like she, I, I'm ninety nine percent sure she said orange earlier in the episode when they were talking about the color and before uh, he was like, you know what, I'm just gonna take the afternoon and paint this place. She's like, You're a genius. Um, but even then, Hank, uh, Hank's character comes up to her and says, "So what are we doing with the windows?" Yellow or green? And again, my the, like that's actually what I think what made me start thinking about this was like that's not how you do things. You don't have a can of yellow paint in your house and a can of green paint at your house. You you figure out you have a whole swatch of things and you figure out which tiny color you're going for. 
And then you go to the store and you get a couple buckets of that. And then you come back to the house and you realize they didn't mix it right. And then you go back and try again. And then you come back and start painting. You don't mm-hmm. just have two colors of paint in your house to go from. Anyway. And that happens like four or five times. It really does. Oh, that wasn't. I said this one. Well, the computer. Yeah, I said this. Try it again. <laughs> but I was just wondering if she was like, since it was Dick's, inside of Dick's mind, if she was like painting the room. Robin the colors? color that. No, the <laughs> color that uh, Corey normally is. Oh, the orange? Yeah. I could see it. And that really is really close to how she looks in the books, that orange. And I was thinking about that orange and like maybe like whatever that, that it looked kind of bluish purple <laughs> color in the background. I went, ah, oh, that's interesting. But Th- this, I might by be the way, this, so never mind. This conversation maybe. is why we had to stop doing every episode reviews is because we can't. We apparently can spend five minutes talking about the paint color in the background of an episode. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, Hawk and Dove, love those guys. Yeah. Love the, I just love how brutal it all is. I love, I love their love episode. How, that scene with the car crash was episodes. fantastic. I, like, it, just the scenes going along and then car crash and people are dead. It was one of those stunning kind of, did that just happen? Yeah, I mean, I thought the actual, like, car crash looked really bad. Like that was one of the moments I think you were talking about when you were like, "Yeah, some CGI would have done differently." But yeah, that looked rough, and like it was so bad. In fact, that like I had to go back and rewatch it because I didn't know what had happened. I was like, "Oh, what, what even happened?" And uh, my wife was like, "Well, I think it got the uh, the brother and the mother." I did. I did go back and try to dissect like who got. Oh, okay, those two. I got you. Yeah, I went. All right. Well, Donnie and Deanna Troy got <laughs> got. It's good to see her again. Got the old heave ho. Was it? I enjoyed it. <laughs> I hadn't seen her in. I mean, it's it has been a while since I've seen a TNG episode. It was all right. She was fun. Um, yeah, I, I like. Uh, oh my gosh, they're they're like when he's beating the the shit out of that coach that molested him. Mm-hmm. And he tells her to leave, and she's like, no. no. You know? And shuts the door for him. She just closes the door. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, oh, they're going to be a good team. And it just fit. So it was so well written, because earlier in the episode, she was talking about how she had so much anger, and she didn't have an outlet for it. Mm-hmm. And, then, and you know, now they've got this to get. Oh, it's just so good. It's so good. I do regret not seeing more of Donnie as Dove. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen that more. I, I didn't mind where they left yeah. it. Because that's exactly the emotion you should have, is you, you felt like you wanted more of them. I mean, you mm-hmm. as a viewer, you felt a, a sense of loss that his brother felt. Right. Nailed it. So, uh, this, this, this lady that's playing Rachel's mom, it bothered me for like two episodes. You'd seen her before? I'd seen her before. What was it? I, I was wondering too. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. And uh, I'm looking at her... And she she played uh, Gala on Star Trek 2009. The, the she was the uh, Orion uh, Starfleet officer who was getting down with Kirk in the dorm. Yeah. And I went, no, well, that's fine, but that's not where I know her from. Like I didn't I didn't remember that that was her. Uh, she had a completely different look. I was like, I don't know why, but I see her in a in a turtleneck, and I convinced myself that she was like one of Sean's ex girlfriends on Boy Meets World or something. But no. I did finally figure it out. I did find it. She was in Dumb and Dumberer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> when Harry met Lloyd, she played the. She was the main girl. She was Jessica. Good lord. 
a movie I might add that is now not canon with the Dumb and Dumber series. <laughs> the Farley brothers went out of their way to make it not canon. I could see that. The um, I'm I just scrolling through her IMDb real quick. I don't think I knew her at all. I think I thought I knew her because she maybe looked familiar. I've seen Shop Girl. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know if I've ever actually seen Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, I, I got nothing. I don't think I've ever seen her before. Yeah, I know I didn't see G.I. Joe. No, I got, I got nothing. Yeah. I got nothing. I probably have just seen her in that <laughs> Star Trek, and that's the only time I remember to face. Yeah. But good job here. I knew she was evil, man. I wasn't sure for a minute. I mean, definitely. I just kept waiting for it to happen. Definitely, like a few minutes into the finale, I was yeah, okay. Yeah, she's this is gonna turn poor. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't sure. I just no. kept looking at her, going, yeah, "All right, <laughs> yes, this ends in tears." <laughs> Question. Yes. Um. So set the stage for season two, episode one. You have uh-huh. uh, human Dick, who has apparently uh, gone to the dark side. We don't know what that means yet. Mm-hmm. For all we know, it means he gets some powers. Trigon's powers in, in, within the show are not... Uh, they have not fully elucidated what he's capable of. Right. So, we have uh, question mark dick. We have... <laughs> <clears throat> that sounds like a medical condition. <laughs> <laughs> Probably it. It's like a house when every time somebody, whatever happens, someone's like, lupus. No. Question mark dick. Question mark dick. No, it's not question mark dick. Um, it's like scoliosis of the dick. Actually, question mark reminds me of something. I really enjoyed how they crippled Jason Todd in this dark version. So yeah, yes. people aren't supposed to be carrying guns. These guys were normally better than that. But uh, yeah, Riddler just capped me. Yeah, Riddler yeah, put Riddler a cap in my. Doesn't carry eyes. a gun. No, he does now. Yeah, <laughs> things are getting <laughs> <Damn>. bad. <laughs> that was perfect. And I and I loved it. I thought was, this was maybe one of my favorite. Uh, versions of Gotham that I've ever seen on screen. It was. It was a really cool in-depth look at that city going absolutely postal. And of all things, I thought the the hotel clerk really set the tone for me. Oh, yeah. He was great. Like, oh, how many hours? And, well, I'm staying the night. And, oh, oh, my. <laughs> the way he shot up, too. It, like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. He was, like, surprised. And then, <laughs> and then he's kind of, like, em, like embarrassed by the fact that he's like, well, sheets, $6. Yeah. And, uh, you can almost hear him kind of, his inner dog's like, yeah, six, I know we shouldn't be charging you for that, but, but Gotham. And then like hands yeah. him the sheets, like go put them on yourself. Yeah. But, but Gotham. Yeah. And then goes to the elevator. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, but Gotham, like everything about that hotel clerk really fleshed out the city for me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like it was one thing to see the people beating each other in the streets and humping in alleys and all that, but that hotel clerk really put a pin on it for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the oh, way, no, like, by the way, one of my favorite credits I've ever seen, and I happened to have paused it to leave the room because I knew there was a stinger that I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. But I paused it, I left the room, I came back, and I saw a credit for drunk beating man. <laughs> Cracked me the hell up. Speaking of that guy, yeah, we were watching the show and. Uh, he starts, you know, he's first, they're having sex in the room next door to Dick. Right. In the hotel. Mm-hmm. And it's just loud and obnoxious sex. Right. And then all of a sudden it becomes like terrible fighting. Like he's just beating the shit out of her. Well, there was a Trigon Shimmer. There was a Trigon Shimmer. But I just thought he was changing the news, honestly. Yeah. And my my wife was like, wait a minute, what just happened? Why is he beating her now? And I was like, <laughs> that oh, escalated that quickly. Like, that happens. You know, <laughs> like seriously, like when I, 
like I've lived in apartments where I would hear stuff like that go on, you know, like where it's just like, oh man, where it went from like was, foreplay uh, to very rough sex very quickly. Oh yeah, like the the first uh, the first place I lived I ever lived, it was just like you would hear these. There was these two dudes across the hall, and you would hear them going at it, and then all of a sudden. You know, it's like they're cursing, but out of pleasure. And then all of a sudden, they're not cursing out of pleasure anymore. And like one of them's <laughs> running out, and the other one's like throwing dishes and shit. Nice. They're like naked in in like the breezeway, <laughs> like throwing shit at each other. Nice. I don't. <laughs> it's a real thing. <laughs> you ask about it later, and you're like, "That's just it's just how we are." You know, we love hard. We play hard. <laughs> he he said some shit. Pissed me off. Like okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah i mean this is definitely a thing is uh, i've seen that happen before like i've lived in a few apartments where i've seen something like that happen not just the fetish type um, thing it goes beyond like fetish is fine then you get into like y'all need to see somebody you do need to sit down and talk to yeah. someone with a degree about this because that you're this isn't just we like it rough <laughs> So that didn't even, like, the shimmer didn't even make me think that anything changed there. I was just like, that tracks? <laughs> that didn't set you <laughs> off at all. No, it was when he, he's talking to the little uh, the little tiger and he says, like, should we go home? Yeah, we should probably go home, buddy. And shimmer. Yeah. The shimmer of doom. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That That is what happened. I just went, hmm, that's a Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep, that used to get in the way of my viewing of The Office. Yeah. <laughs> oh man you're being too kind it was way before the office oh i'm not sure you know this but we're old yeah we are aren't we unfortunately used to really mess up my friend's time yeah it's not that old somewhere between not that old. somewhere between man you're gonna mess up my discount vhs viewing of changing lanes there you go yeah i was really enjoying the first season of ed and then these guys started <laughs> I was trying to watch the fourth season of Smallville. <laughs> Somehow there was more humping outside than on that show. <laughs> um, all right. So speaking of Jason oh, Todd, I do have a couple questions. Oh, sure. Real quick, I was I was oh, trying to say like fine. season two, episode one, set the stage. Um, oh, set the stage. Question okay. mark deck is where we started. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Damn it. Then you have Garfield, who I assume is. He's he's there, but I, I assume is going to be kind of confused about everything he's seeing right now. Because he just thought uh-huh. he was going to die and he woke up and there's people that he that weren't there when he was, you know. He's going to be confused, I assume. Mm-hmm. Raven might even be aware of the inside journey. We're not sure. We're not sure exactly what she saw, what just happened. All we know is that she knows he has those lines in his eyes that her soul self has. So he knows something. She knows uh-huh. something's very wrong. <laughs> right. And then it seemed to me that she was getting a sense already that... Her dad may not be uh, of of the utmost character by the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. So we have her probably about to turn on her dad. We'll just go with probably about to turn on her dad. <laughs> yeah. Garfield will uh, he'll take her side immediately. I'm willing to bet on that. Probably. Yeah. Um, we don't know what Trigon's capable of. We don't know what level he has control over uh, of Robin over. But whatever little force field it is that they have, where uh, Trigon let Dick go through, but not uh, not not those two. There's like two demigods on the perimeter of this house. Mm-hmm. One of my questions is like, we're about to see if it feels like that's a really good powder keg for, we're about to see a lot of cool special effects in the first episode. Maybe I hope so. Cause at the very least we have to see how Trigon is going to control Dick beat Raven 
possibly Anne Garfield, mm. and then uh, somehow managed an escape with two demigods. Feel like we might have a really yeah. really fun episode. We might. I've enjoyed every episode so far. Yeah. Though, so I'm feeling pretty good about it. Mm-hmm. Here's hoping it doesn't take a big old Riverdale dive. <laughs> the old Riverdale dive. Yeah, it could. The old Riverdale dive. It could. I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Should we keep calling him question mark dick or should we move on to something like dark dick or my preferred black dick? I knew you were going to say dark dick. I didn't see black dick coming. That feels <laughs> too medical. <laughs> it's somehow better than blackened dick. <laughs> that feels particularly wrong. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I don't feel like night dick is appropriate either. <laughs> we've spent way too much time enjoying his name i'm sorry we didn't refer to him within the context of that final episode i feel like we should have referred to him as dream dick dream dick yeah <laughs> it's a missed opportunity <laughs> I have a different rhetorical question, which uh-huh. is, I promise, a dickless question. <laughs> but it is about wood. Uh-huh. So is that not the first live-action Scarface? I think it may have been. And like, I, I was excited to see him. I know they were doing everybody else in shadow with, you know, but here, yeah. here's part of the costume over here, and here's Harley's tattoos, and there's a coin, bloody coin in somebody's hand. And, and yeah. even... The ventriloquist, they did, they still put him in shadows, but they, they showed oh, us yeah. a pretty solid Scarface. And I, I saw the bald head. I just found my Scarface. Yeah. I mean, everybody was, was true to form as far as like tattoos, body type, got it, costume. I, I, like there was no cheapened version of something. They, they yeah. did a version of something. They just didn't show you the whole one. And I just kept thinking to myself, like, damn, WB has some strange IP rules. Uh huh. Yeah, you can use you know this entire catalog of people. You can refer to the Riddler. You can have Harley, who's theoretically in at least three places right now. Oh, I don't know exactly what how it works with streaming. <clears throat> I imagine they can do whatever the hell they want on streaming, but I'm not sure. No, it would. I really don't it know. would be WB, like the actual Warner Brothers creative team that says mm, you can use it, but up only up to this point. Like the old Diane Nelson role when. No, but it's not that. It's. That's not the issue, I promise you. With the Batman properties, with the Batman IPs, mm-hmm. the problem is the Fox deal. Like, Fox has first right of refusal, so that's why Gotham is on Fox. Uh-huh. For, so for television rights, yeah. So Fox had to tell them, mm, you can use the idea of them, don't cast him, all that stuff. And it may actually be why this episode didn't air next season, because, well, I don't know, that's probably not true. I was thinking, like, maybe... Season two would be on while Gotham was on, but that's not that, that's not true. No, and the the way they have played it this season, <clears throat> there is a real mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne out there who yeah. realistically was kind of getting so violent that this version of Dick Grayson decided uh, that he he didn't want to be a part of that anymore. That that part's real. Um, it it sort of, but it was more or less like Dick took a step further than Bruce did and let the guy that killed his parents die. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole Tony Zuko. Like it's, it is less about Bruce and more. It's like it's. I think it's less about Bruce and more about what Dick did. Yeah, but it's about his own. The fact that guilt. his in, inner dialogue about Bruce involved him, like right before he steps on his throat, is like a, mm-hmm. you know you always wanted me to to turn dark kind of thing. Like 
either he's imagining that that was the relationship they had or the relationship they had was uh was similar to that like i'm not i'm not sure if he's projecting there or if it's actually accurate you know what i mean i think dick is blaming batman for something that some of the more violent decisions he he's made yeah i think dick took a step in the wrong direction or a step or two in the wrong direction and because Bruce is like emotionally unavailable and Bruce is, you know, let me skulk in the dark and yeah. beat the shit out of criminals, Dick is like, this guy's gone too far. He's made me this way. And it's not, that's not what's happened. It's that Dick is a piece of shit right now. <laughs> this is a Dick problem. They, I th- 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 you know, this is conjecting. They might actually introduce Batman in a real way. They have him in this universe. He, he may show up. We don't know. And, and there is, I don't know. What the rules state, Gotham's going off the air. Once they're off the air, they might be free to do more. I don't know. And Gotham's still, like, they they, they still haven't done a true Batman. I mean, we have the, like, this, uh, what is it, uh, this, you know, they do series arcs uh, for Gotham. Like, they, they name their seasons, and what's this one called, like, uh, a, The Dark Knight or something? I mean, it's something very on yeah. on the nose. And, like, the yeah. producers have, have as much as promised as you will see Batman before the end of the season. Like. Yeah, I, but they've been. I mean, it's been years now, and in the in the meantime, we've seen Batman on the big screen. Like, I I do think now maybe Fox's first right refusal. I can't remember if we haven't talked about that. Or I didn't know about it or forgot. But that's for television. I, so for television, they was, have first right refusal because they have the Fox deal with Gotham. Live action television. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that may do it. The um. I mean, that, it, I think it was a holdover from the old '66 series, honestly. See, but they have to do it in perpetuity. So, but that has to be renewed. Like they have to do something every few years to keep that going. Normally, like it's the reason, same reason you see a Fantastic Four film every four years, no matter how shitty it is. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how how it's all played because I, I don't, I haven't kept up with it. Yeah, there's not like I'm, a standard contract for the stuff. You just kind of have to glean as much as you one, can. But yeah, it's one more instance of me being a shitty host. One more wrinkle in the God knows what they're up to. Um, but yeah, like they do have it still out there. And they've shown a, a, a deeply violent version, which in some ways kind of makes us as fans want to see a, a version we're more familiar with. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they set themselves up for the best of uh, like the best possibilities. If they can get access to the character and introduce him on the show, maybe they do that. Sure. If they can't, eh, he can always just be a guy that in the actual canon of the show that didn't just happen in Dick's mind, we just kind of really saw like one time in a window, you know? Yeah, and to be fair, I think this is—I don't this this isn't out of character for Dick. Like, look at old wounds. Like, there are several books, there are several comics, like huge storylines that go throughout the Nightwing runs and and everything. Where, where Dick has this idea that Batman is this like dark, mean piece of shit that never cared. Yeah, yeah. Like Dick has an issue with Bruce. Bruce and Dick have issues. That's the crazy part. It, it's kind of the point. You know, almost 80 years into, uh, well, about 80 years into all the properties that DC bought up when they began and then as it's been DC. I, I mean, we're, we're most of the way through a decade with a lot of these characters. It is hard to find something at this point that isn't precedented somewhere somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know. I've, I've ranted about this on Twitter. Yeah, I saw that, saw that earlier time. and just thought, get him. Because <laughs> there's just so many people who are saying that this show has ruined the characters, and they they haven't ruined the characters. The characters have been, as I said, created and rebooted and rebooted again. That's the that's the best way to put it. Alive. If if this show ruined the character for you, then that character was never really alive for you to begin with. Like if yeah. if you feel so strongly about your version of a character that you 
were attached to. And again, keyword here is version. Mm-hmm. If you feel so strongly about one version of it that another version of it pisses you off, then the version you still cared about, that you cared about to begin with, is still very much alive. And at some point, you'll see it again. I promise. And pissing you off is one thing. I mean, you know, it's it's a little silly because of you know the, ficti- the fictitious nature of the the characters. But I get it. I get it. I I still have my problems with Dark Knight Rises, but to say that they ruined the character for you, I what? That's what I'm saying. I don't think that's possible for you to feel that strongly about it. That character's still alive in your heart. It can't be ruined by definition. Just be patient. Yeah. If you don't like that version, don't watch it. If yeah. but you don't have to, you don't have to boycott everything. You don't have to get pissed. You don't have to, just be patient. It'll show up again. Like I've. I've I saw a couple of people saying like, "Oh yeah, this is just more proof that D- that Warner Brothers hates the DC fans." And I'm like, "Uh, this DC fan is very happy." I don't. That's one of the <laughs> dumbest possible takes on this. Oh, Warner Brothers hates the DC fan. They're the in- they're the market. <laughs> I'm not saying you like, have to like everything. Like I don't like everything. To, but like, oh my lord, y'all! It would literally be like trying to feed, like, let's say you go fishing with anti-fish bait. Anti-fish. I don't know what anti-fish huh? bait would be. I don't know what runs off fish. But let's say you that's what the, that's what they're suggesting is that the WB is putting that on the hook, throwing it in the water and saying fuck those guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh-huh. No, they want every single dollar, every comic that's bought, every time every time someone streams a copy of Batman Begins, they want all that. They want the Adam Adam West series fans, they want all of that because that's where money is and it's the only reason they exist is because they get money. It, like and I, you know, I don't. Anytime, anytime no. you see someone, and I use this. This is my philosophy for anything. It, it's for, especially for what we do. I use it for politics. I use it for religion. I, anything. Every time, my philosophy is follow the money. It, if someone's doing something and it's losing the money, and you don't understand why, figure out another angle because there's a way that that company mm-hmm. is doing something and finding money that you're not seeing. If your Unless, version of, course, of reality involves it, that company it, losing money, you're not seeing it straight. Unless, of course, they just you know go out of business. Yeah, if they're just bad at Eventually. if they're bad at being a company, that's one thing. But they're trying to get the money. Like no, no, there's some way. There's some way they're getting money. I'm just not seeing it. Oh, today they announced they're closing their doors. Well, never mind. That's happened to me. <laughs> that's happened to me. Where like especially with local businesses, where I'm like, that's confusing. Okay, what are they going for? But on a like a especially on a like a successful company like WB like a, anything that's got a, a stock market value for God's sake like anything the, I promise you the philosophy works anywhere you look at the company you don't understand the actions figure out how they're trying to make money that will uh, that will explain those actions every single time yeah and it if they're again if they're bad at it <laughs> you have to account for that if they if if the business was going to fail it's because people didn't know how to make money. So mm-hmm. then you're going like, to, at that point, you're going to be able to diagnose, oh, that's why they screwed up. Well, look, man, I think uh, especially with the way that some fans reacted to the DCEU, the way some fans are just uh, livid over the fact that Christian Bale isn't still Batman. <laughs> the thing, yeah. you know, the, I think when, you, when, when we watched that, episode of dc daily i don't i don't know if you watched it i watched Mm. it the first episode of dc daily on dc universe with kevin smith Mm -hmm. one of the things they emphasized over and over again was what is your dc like they emphasized a difference in everyone's dc and i think something that warner brothers realized i hope they realized 
is that everyone has a slightly different version of all of these characters in their head based on X, Y, or Z, whatever they were introduced to or whatever they fell in love with, uh, whatever version. So it's really tough to like nail down one version. I think that's why they're doing this black label bullshit and doing a separate Joker movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's why they're doing a live action R rated version of Titans. While at the same time, they're doing young justice and teen Titans go. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious. They're even talking about bringing back teen Titans proper. So these, these characters aren't ruined. They're just creating lots of different versions to make everyone stop bitching. <laughs> well, there's like if you hear enough rabble from one sector you can say to yourself okay how much rabble is there well there's x amount okay well how much would we have to spend in order to make that property well we'd have to spend y if if x and the amount they'd have to spend in order to consume that property is greater than y you make that show and they know there's going to be people like like us who are going to watch all of it yeah like, I'll watch the hell out of some Teen Titans. I'll watch the hell out of some Teen Titans Go. Man, sometimes I just sit up at night and watch, like, clips of Teen Titans Go on YouTube and laugh my dick off. Yeah. I've, I, it's one of those shows I've never gone back and watched, and I'll probably have time at some point. But I, every time I see that, uh, an episode of Teen Titans Go, I, I get a few chuckles out of it at least and, and think, well, that was delightful. At least. I've never yeah. watched it and thought, how dare they? Blasphemy! <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's a little annoying. It does get a little obnoxious. Yeah. And I know, here, but, uh, big giant disclaimer for what we're saying right now. We've done this over and over again where we said, like, no, I don't like what they did with that character. Yeah. I mean, uh, we we hate Dark Knight Rises. Passionately hate it. Yes, that is that is my big waving, ver- like, big flag saying, of, yes, this yeah, is this the is thing. Where that- I, this is where you pissed me off. But I'll also say the Nolan trilogy, there was a lot to love in oh, that. Oh, hell yeah. The first two were fantastic. I mean, the, 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 the Dark Knight, the middle one, was one of the best comic book movies ever made. Top three on anybody's list, and I wouldn't argue with you. And, that, and that's despite the bail strep throat voice. Right. That poor guy said he was just trying uh, to keep up with Ledger. Like, Ledger was just doing such a good job. I was just trying to keep you know. <laughs> oh, he had that voice in Batman Begins. He did, but he exaggerated, Don't let him fool he you. exaggerated it more. He did. He, did. He, he went deeply into it. But anyway. Um, point being, and <laughs> God knows if you made it this far into the review, you're probably on our side about this, so we're beating a dead horse. Uh, this isn't a lot of people's version of something that a lot of people care deeply for, and uh, for a lot of people, it really hit the spot. For me, it hit the spot. It hit the spot for me. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I, I like seeing the, a new take on these characters. Um, Jason Todd. Oh, my Lord, man. You know what they nailed, they nailed with Jason Todd to me? <sighs> Is... He was so freaking divisive when he came out. And still, watching him, I kind of think, like, half of me thinks, ah, I like this kid. And the other half thinks, oh, I hate that I share the same name. It's like you love him until he starts breaking cops' backs. Yeah, like, they, that's what they nailed about this, is Jason Todd as a character has a history. Like, mm-hmm. as the Red Hood, he's different. He's an antihero, and a lot of people love him. As Jason Todd's Robin, like, he was hated. He Literally, they voted to kill him. Like, anyone who... Just barely. Yeah, I mean, it was just barely, but... Did you? Did you? Did you that see was that, the popular vote. You saw the DC Universe reposted that poll, right? Yeah. What was the? Uh, I saw that. What was the verdict? Uh, the last time I saw it was like seventy-four percent keep them. <laughs> but that's with the hindsight of knowing Red Hood's down the road. That would be worth it. Um, Even though I think he should die. 
and then come back as Red Hood. Like, it's worth it to kill him if we can get Batman in the show and integrate that. But then that's one of the problems. It's, I've, I said this in the Titans uh, premiere review. Batman is so – he's so popular. His character, I, like his IP is so powerful that once you introduce him, you almost have to include him often. See, I don't think so because, you know, people argue the same thing of Superman and, uh, you know, Superman not being there is not the reason Supergirl sucks. <laughs> I still don't think it sucks. It's just... I don't think it sucks right now. I, Sam Witwer's really good. There's some Agent Liberty parts is good. Of the, yeah, there's some parts of the season that I haven't been a big fan of, but, but they've gotten a lot right. Um, I'm think, just saying, if there are problems on that show, it's not because Superman's not there. No, but you'll notice they still have to explain why he's not there sometimes. Because it's well, sure, such, but they... It's seriously, like in chess, it's like having to explain why you're not using your queen. It's But if you have Robin there, you're going to have to explain why Batman's not there anyway. Yeah, but they did that for Dick Grayson. So when they did that for Jason Todd, now, it, like in the uh, the regular continuity, not the Dark Dick continuity, they've got him back with Batman, and he just kind of went on this little expedition with with the other Robin, you know? But I Mostly think, for like, himself, like to meet the other Robin and kind of have some fun. Like, I would love it if, if like, just Alfred calls Dick and says, hey, Jason Todd is dead, right? Yeah. And then we see how that affects Dick. But we know Bruce isn't going to reach out. No. And there's uh, there's a lot of supernatural involved in why uh, Jason Todd came back. And if, if we wanted to, we've got Raven. Like, mm-hmm. she can make that happen for us. So... She could make it happen, you know, or they could still go. They could still go through the Rayshaw Ghoul thing. They could still do that. They could oh, yeah. do, uh, you know, whatever they wanted to. You wonder if It'd Fox probably has be... first rights on the Lazarus Pit too. No, they can't because Arrow's used them. I think the Lazarus Pit's just out there. I don't think that's. I mean, something. I'm not sure. Down. The, I'm not sure Arrow's been using the Lazarus Pit in a long time, man. I, I know, but it's. I was just kind of wondering if it was one of those lockdown properties, but it's not. They could throw that in there if they wanted to. They could. I mean, you know, Gotham had Rayshaw Ra- Ghoul after Arrow did. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt it's off. like, here's the Rayshaw Ghoul package. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't deal with it. Now you can deal with eco-terrorism, terrorism, resurrection, and a uh, dude who's a sword fighter who really secretly wants to die. I'm sorry. Arrow called them the League of Assassins, so you're going to have to call them the League of Shadows. <sighs> okay. All right, fine. Uh, or whatever it was. I don't know. What are we going to call it? I don't know. The, the League, League of Shadows. Shadow people. Was the League of Shadows, was that, just, was League of Shadows. For the, was that just for the animated series? Because they wouldn't let them say League of Assassins. Oh, I don't know. Eh, I can't I, remember. I'd have to look into that. I think I'd of them as the same. Or maybe it was the League of Shadows and Batman Begins because they didn't want Bruce to know that it was the League of Assassins. <laughs> that they were all murdered. Until he had already gotten... And yeah, until they got to a certain point, he's like, I'm not going to kill this man. Let me burn down your entire house. Yeah. Killing hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> that was the I big through you, line. I won't kill you, you, but I don't have to save you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the giant moral of that story. I don't want to kill anybody, but I'm not going to save them if I don't want <laughs> them to be around. I won't kill this man, but I will set him on fire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will put him in a subway car and send him on a 200-yard drop. But I didn't kill him. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, one more thing I thought was weird in this last episode. Uh-huh. And this is going to be just for me and, and some of the music nerds. You remember he plays three notes when he gets into uh-huh. the... Uh, and he yeah. doesn't even get into the Batcave. It's kind of the door is ajar. Yeah. Um, I mean, he plays the piano to make the... Um... 
the clock pop out. Yeah. The the chord he plays, it, he uh, he hits the three notes for C major, mm-hmm. um, which is so weird to me. Like C major is like the happiest chord. I mean, it it it's it's the most basic happiest chord you can actually play. Uh huh. And I, I the thing that cracks me up about that is like they could have played something that sounded ominous. Like even even if you just scooted it around a little bit, you just rearrange the order of the notes. You have A minor. You like mm-hmm. you can you could have played anything. Could have played any three notes. Could have just made him play a chord. Could have got into some freaking uh, what's that opera? Phantom of the Opera shit if you wanted to. Play make, make him play some weird suspended stuff. Whatever. Could have made that anything. And they made it C major, like the happiest damn chord there is. Confused the maybe crap. They out enjoyed of it. the irony of it. Maybe I don't know. I, I wondered if there was like some symbolism they're working for, where like when he goes into the Bat Cave, uh, that that's that like. His little connection to being happy is like when he passes that clock and plays that note. It's like the last time he was happy before he goes into the Batcave or something. Uh-huh. I didn't know if there was something going on, but that was a very deliberate choice. They could have chosen anything, and they chose that. Yeah, I actually would really love to ask somebody what the hell was going on with that one. I'm sure somebody knows. I'm, I'm gonna have to find him. I'm gonna reach out, see if I can get some answers on that. Do it, man. I support you. Mm, thank you. You'll support my tweeting. <laughs> I, I guess so, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe look it up or something first. Hate to bother somebody. <laughs> find the showrunner. Why? Why is he major? That's the question you want to know the answer to? Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of big stuff you'll explain later. I'm not worried about that. That You're never going to revisit that. Why is he major? My entire life has been prelude to this <laughs> this question being answered. That's another one. You're a weird guy. <laughs> so, so, just saying the word prelude. They could have played Chopin. Anything. <laughs> there were so many like dark things that would sound like you were going into the Batcave. That would sound like you were scoring yourself for for something like that. And they didn't do any of it. It was it, it that one really got me somehow. Yeah, that's uh, I don't know. Like to give you an idea of how happy the song sounds. You remember the uh, Beatles song "Hello Goodbye"? Uh huh. That's in C major. Like it's the kind of key where like you can't do anything wrong. On a piano, you don't even you don't even use the black notes. Nothing, all white, all the white happy notes. You don't use any of the sharps, any of the flat. Anyway, just it, it is. It's something I want to explain. All right, yeah, tweet away. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. I will tweet about that. And uh, God help me, I, I may go on this little adventure alone. But if anyone else was worried about that, please let me know because it confused. Me. May I mean you will. Yeah, you I'm, will go on this adventure alone. I will. I mean, unless I somebody else cares, I don't. I care. doubt anyone else cares. <laughs> I have a, I, I, have, you know, I'm mildly interested. If there's some deep symbolic thing, you'll be like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. And then you'll move on with your life. Yeah, I will. Um, Superboy, Crypto. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations, DC Universe, on keeping that completely under wraps. Dude, well done. I was doubled down too like not only are you going to give us superboy which i was excited when the scene started because it, it opened up in a cadmus lab somewhere in metropolis and a guy in that kind of shape and i thought oh no fucking way we're getting connor kent you gonna bring me connell the clone boy mm-hmm. absolutely but then then you crypto? gave me crypto <laughs> thank you thank you so much i couldn't have asked for this but all right i got excited when i saw connor kent and by the way, one of the reasons they were able to keep him so under so uh, so well under wraps was I don't think there's even been a casting call for this cat yet. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I haven't seen that hashtag show post something that that said, "Oh, am I beginning Superboy?" I, I haven't seen it. for some reason they just have access to all the casting calls. Um, 
I haven't Do they? Seen I haven't even heard from them in a long time. They just still post casting calls. They're still posting casting calls for like Swamp League and Doom Patrol, for God's sake. Uh, Swamp Thing, sorry. But um, Did you say Swamp League? Swamp League. I'm not sure what's going on there. Oh my God, I want that. I was thinking Dark Justice League for a second, but... Can you can you imagine the Swamp League show? You know, yeah. you have uh, Swamp Thing, you have Poison Ivy, the Floronic, Floronic Man. Man. Yeah, hell yeah. And then we're pretty I'd much out. <laughs> Maybe Geoforce. <laughs> yeah, we could we could figure it out. We could find some more people, some John, more plant people. John just being annoyed by everybody. Yeah, bloody hell. But one of the reasons I think that they were able to keep it so well under wraps is I I had to pause it because like no seriously, did they cast somebody for Superboy? I went through the credits and looked. That guy is listed as Connor Body Double. That's mm-hmm. that's his credit. So they haven't cast him. Whoever they have, whoever they do cast, has one hell of a uh, body image to live up to. That dude's in shape. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but like emotionally, I saw that and went, "Oh hell yeah, yeah!" And I kind of out loud, I think I literally said, "Oh fuck yeah!" Mm-hmm. And then the scene keeps going, and it's kind of kind of violent in the way that that actually they that really makes sense to me. Like they even did this in Young Justice, like when he's just a, a kind of a mindless clone, you know, mostly mindless clone. He's pretty violent and untrusting, you know. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna be following that pattern. Apparently, great, sounds wonderful. I'd love, like, I'm really looking forward to seeing what him and Dick Grayson's relationship is because that's probably gonna be super rewarding. But um, super rewarding. Yeah, I didn't mean to do that. But they got to the scene where it was like you saw the the back of the dog in the cage. I went, oh no way! And I'm, at this point, I'm just <laughs> this isn't my inner dialogue. I'm gonna actually say what I said out loud, sitting in a room watching this alone at uh, twelve thirty in the morning. Oh no way! Mm-hmm. And then they cut to the front. They they pull he pulls the cage off, and you see the S. And I thought, yep, that's confirmed. And I actually said aloud again, oh no, no. And then <laughs> they actually pull it out, and sure enough, like. When when the the dog actually gets out and his eyes flash red, I literally jumped out of my car, uh, like out of my chair, and was like, "Fuck yes, fuck yes, God, mm. Like I couldn't I couldn't be contained. I was worried I was going to wake people up. I was trying to to level yeah. it down, but it. Well, you're a big crypto fan. I am a big crypto fan. Your dog looks like crypto. My dog looks like crypto. Like I wouldn't even be it if season three was like a crypto centric season. It would make my day. <laughs> <laughs> I could do an entire. Like, we have a live action crypto man. That's so freaking cool. Yeah, it's weird and cool. Yeah, I was, I'm down. Oh, I was beyond excited. What else? What else you got, man? I, I don't. I don't know that I have much more. Yeah, I mean, uh, overall summary is like this is a show that's it's violent and it's mature and it expects that its viewers are mature enough to handle its content and it doesn't apologize for who it is and it hits you in the face and I love that. I absolutely love everything yeah, about that. I love this show. Really happy so with far. It. Like it has given me dangerous expectations for Doom Patrol. Oh, we're not far. Whoever they, the guy that they got to play the chief in that one episode, I just didn't care for him. It's okay. I think you're getting an upgrade. I uh, yeah, I, I suspect I am. I suspect I am. Hopefully, uh, what's his face, whose name I can't remember now. I want to say Timothy Daly. Timothy Dalton. Dalton. That's it. I was just oh. the the one movie Bond. Yeah, hopefully he won't like uh, you know ham up the the scenery, chew the scenery like this dude did. Like nah. he was some kind of mad scientist, which I guess he was a mad scientist, but you know it's the chief. But and they released a little a tiny teaser. It's just them getting like a group photograph. Mm-hmm. Didn't mind any of that. 
I mean, I was excited even like their introduction in this series just uh, fantastic. Robot Man was delightful. Yeah. That uh, 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 Negative Man cooking was one of my favorite things that happened. Absolutely. And on top of everything that's going to happen, and uh, I really love the rest of the, that crew, but on top of everything, we're going to get Grant Morrison's Crazy Jane. Mm-hmm. That should shake things up uh, good and nice. Good and nice. <laughs> All right, it's exciting times on uh, on the streaming stuff. I'm, we're at the fuck you take yeah. my money point with him right now. They're, they're doing great. Yeah, I was talking to a, with a friend earlier who was saying um, he was bummed out he had to wait for a season two. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, like in February we're getting Doom Patrol. He was like, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, but uh, how long until that... Titan season two? I don't know, probably early 2020 right now. But, I mean, after yeah, Doom Patrol, right? you're getting uh, Swamp Thing? Oh, seriously? Yeah, yeah. You know, they might be able to pull Titans out by late 2019. It's possible. It really is. They might know, be able to pull given it off the by timing fall. of normal television. It's possible. And um, what is it? October, early October. I think the last show they have slated is Harley's animated series, um, which they're doing like yeah. the Friday before uh, the Joker like standalone film is released. Mm-hmm. Um, doubling down on their marketing there, but there is time in that schedule. I mean, it'd be right at. I mean, it'd be this time next year. Yeah, I want to say that I saw that they were there's no there's no official word, but I saw something saying that they thought they were going to be filming Titan season 2 in uh in February. And that that tracks with or started. That tracks with what they're doing to begin with. Mhm. I I'm voting latest possible debut is February 2019, dark 2020. And I think that's going to be if something's wrong. I mean, I I don't think it'll be that late at all. Yeah. All right. Well, Anything else, man? You got anything? No, I think I've rattled off enough. Huh? Everything off your heart? Just just happy with the damn thing. You know, uh, I feel like we've been blessed with a fantastic series. I don't know. Brings a tear to my eye, man. A couple episodes did. Yeah. A little bit of humor in there, but they didn't try to force it. Yeah, that was that was solid, too. When it was that around, was it, was, it, was, it was funny. When it didn't make sense, they just told their damn story. <laughs> I, uh, one okay. more thing. Okay. I do feel like this is what you get. We're in a new era. Between this and Aquaman, I think I'm comfortable saying we're beginning a new era of the WB executives not fucking with their creators. Maybe so. I I think possibly Hamada might be the thing we needed who's just saying, tell your story. I don't know if it's. I don't. I don't know if it's as deep as all that. As far as like him saying, like, "Oh, we've got you back. Whatever you want to do." But I don't. Yeah, I don't know what he does with Titans or what he does with the DC universe. I mean, Jeff Johns is involved. That's rarely a bad thing. He's deeply involved in the DC like streaming content. But oh, Stargirl. That was the one I missed. That's the one between. uh, Yeah, there's going to be Swamp Swamp Thing, Stargirl, and then Harley. Yeah. Yeah, we got some casting news on that. It's going to be very exciting. But. Yeah, they, they, I, I don't feel like, like I don't feel like the WB executives were sitting and watching every episode, saying like, oh, it's it's okay, but change this, this, and this, and make it thirty minutes shorter, you know? Right. I realize you can't do with television, but still. I mean, apparently they could because they. <laughs> hey, it's their streaming service. So they could just say. Yeah, I mean, but this last episode was not what they. I don't know if they were just trying to like hide what the real last episode was or what. I don't know. There are some questions to be answered about. I'll say 11, 12, 13, as far as what we were originally told might be happening and what happened. Yeah, and there was, uh, there were pictures of things that we haven't seen. Yeah. Some stuff was cut. That, it remains to be seen what was going on there. 
but we might be getting that next year as like a flashback or something. Or maybe they'll pick up right where it left off. Don't know. Uh, for all we know, they decided season two was going to go in a different direction completely and build on a couple of the storylines they were developing. We don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's entirely possible that one of the reasons the Superboy slash crypto reveal was so well kept was because it was a last minute decision and they changed their plans. Maybe, but I don't see that a lot. There's, I don't know. It feels like a lot of that, and maybe this is just, you know, them practicing their craft and being really good at it, but it didn't, it felt like they had to actually like build those Cadmus sets pretty, pretty well. Like they had to know exactly what they were doing for a long time. Yeah. And it's no, it's no small thing to have an animal on set. That is, that's really a lot. Like I'm one of the more impressive things about them pulling off that reveal is that we don't have an onset photo with somebody like hugging the cute dog. Mm-hmm. Like my fake Stephen Amell story. What? Right, we had the fake <laughs> Stephen Amell Scooby-Doo story. Oh, right, right. <laughs> I was like, do you tell people that you pet Stephen Amell? What? No. <laughs> no, it's something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I could come up with something to describe that, but no. no. I, I, that is really impressive, though, that they were like, they managed to get a white dog on set and film it. And, and like you said, that is, it's a complex set they just built up there. Mm-hmm. They even managed to get a uh, costume artist to put a S tattoo on a giant dude, and none of that made its way out to the press. It's, they've got a tight ship there. And I don't know, it looked kind of like. A nest, uh, a Superman logo tattoo, but it also looked like it was a barcode, maybe? Maybe, yeah. Maybe a version kind of thing, but I do, I still dig the fact that it's like a, just one black S symbol with the shield. Like, they didn't, they didn't, there's no, like, blue and yellow and red there. It was just, just the black version. Yeah. Like, I fully believe that we're, we're leaning into a version where we're just going to get Connor Kent, maybe with the white shirt, with the black symbol and a, and a black jacket kind of thing. Maybe. I'm partial to the red shirt with, I mean, the black shirt with the red logo. Yeah, I don't blame you. I think we're getting a black leather jacket. I also like the leather jacket. I put my money on black leather jacket. (laughs) I also like the leather jacket. Like, I've got $5 right now on a leather jacket. The uh, don't call me Superboy leather jacket. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm I'm going to call it. I'm going to wrap it up. Wrap it up. I'm good. Thank you for listening to this episode of DC on Screen. And uh, we'll be back at some point relatively soon. Relatively? It may actually be a couple weeks. we got a bunch of holiday hours coming up. Yep. On top so, um, of trying to squeeze it in between. We still got, I've still got baby stuff going on. And Yeah, and you know, I'm going out of town. If you think about it, though, the last episode, we said that that was the last episode before Christmas. And now you got this one. Yeah, so, we squeezed it in. An hour and a half talking about Titans. So if you're one of those people who didn't like Titans... You know my motto, kick rocks. Uh, <laughs> See you next fantastic time. Fantastic stuff. <laughs> if, you, if you want to come holler at us, <laughs> uh, we're on Twitter at DC on screen. And uh, you can send us a, an email at DC on screen at gmail.com. And we've got a phone number up on the website. If you want to give us a call, voicemail. I don't remember the number. I'm just not going to remember it right mm. now. Two five one six nine nine three. I think that doesn't feel right. I don't know. No, that it's doesn't sound right. No, it's out there somewhere. I might put it in the show notes. It involves some oh. of the numbers I just said. You'll know when you see it. 
Uh, yeah, we, when we come back for the news episode, I have no less than 105 voicemails from Jordan Valdez. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we'll be playing all of them. I'm just kidding, Jordan. There's three hours of feedback at the end of the show. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, until next time, keep some DC on your screen. That was a good episode, guys, but uh, you should have called him Mystery Dick, because nobody (laughs) (laughs) nobody wants a Mystery Dick. (laughs) Our opening narration was from Dan Juergen's The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, could be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time, the TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, an improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Are you-